Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast, brought to you by Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue from Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50. Today's topic, bolting it all together in retirement. Thanks, Dallas. A brief recap. Part one of bolting it all together was as you approach retirement, so while you were still working, uh, we spoke about the last 10 years of someone's working life. They, a couple earning $90,000 each, could claim up to $113,505 of personal tax returns by contributing the right amount to superannuation uh, we subtract 15% earnings tax from that, a net benefit of $64,155. Yep. Also, the other things that they could tap into with a spouse contribution and then a government co-contribution. So what we're looking at right now mm. is they've gotten to that that stage where they're retiring, uh, they're retiring and we'll look at uh, at retirement, in retirement, mm-hmm. and at the end of it all. At the end is a polite way of saying when they die, isn't it? Well, I didn't <laughs> want to say when they die. <laughs> And we're all going to die <laughs> at I, some uh, stage. I, I must say, before we get into that, you, you really sold me on the on the part one of this series you, you, with a quick recap. It sort of makes me want to go back and listen to it yeah. and pick up some of those tax savings. So, if you are still working, and uh, then that's obviously the going to be the most uh, important part. But I think the the reason why we've done this as a bit of a two part series, or the reason why we've talked about this in this whole chrono- chronological order, is the concept of what we're talking about here is bolting it all together, getting everything to tie in to, to achieve the outcome you want. So picking up all the tax savings and doing all the great work while you're, while you're still working and leading up to your retirement is, is useless if it doesn't flow through to give you the best possible outcome, you know, as you said, at your retirement and then all throughout your retirement and then, you know, when you pass away. So what we're talking about now is, is, is that... We've spoken about how to build up those retirement savings and, and how to do that in in a in the most effective way. Now we're talking about some of the other other options available to you, or some of the, the things that you can take advantage of, and some of the strategies that we can sort of tie in together um, to to pick up uh, all the savings that we possibly can uh, at retirement and, and all throughout. So, uh, first one was at retirement. So at retirement, so we, we commonly. Uh, I'll, I'll just give you an example here because it's a real life example. Uh, some clients of mine have just recently retired, mm-hmm. and they actually both retired before either of them hit age pension age. Mm-hmm. Um, the male in that couple has just reached age pension age. Yep. So basically, um, what happens is that they would generally not qualify for any age pension whatsoever. Uh, because of their assets test, so when you apply for the age pension, they, the Centrelink looks at the assets test and the income test. Now, you and I both know that Centrelink um, only assess certain assets for people that are of age pension age. And if you're under age pension age, which the female is, In and she case. won't qualify for a bit over two years, yep. um, Centrelink won't assess certain assets. And, that, and one of those assets is a superannuation accumulation fund. In her name. So yeah. um, the 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 female in this situation, uh, because they've retired 
previously they were retired before they were in age pension age we started uh, superannuation income streams with both of them mm-hmm. so so um, we're about to apply for the age pension for the the male and it's worth seventeen thousand dollars per annum yep. to him he'll only get it for two years because yep. yeah. when I go through this example yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's thirty four thousand dollars. Yeah, that they wouldn't have ordinarily got. So that's um, a that's a really good example of one where you know obviously and and you just touched on the superannuation income stream and, and a lot of those things that we'll we'll talk more about in retirement. There's a lot of other things, but there are there are some certain advantages that you can pick up at that point of retirement or in the, mm. in that year of retirement or the couple of years immediately afterwards. And mm. and that's a, a great example of one. So you know to as a as an example, if you've got um, when we're talking about those income, those asset tests for Centrelink, if you've got a couple uh, in that example where the the husband is slightly older than the wife, they might both they might have a million dollars in in superannuation accounts. But if that million dollars is in his superannuation account, it's treated as an asset for for Centrelink purposes, so they wouldn't be eligible for any age pension. However, if that million dollars is in her superannuation account and she hasn't reached age pension age. It's not assessed as an asset, so they would be able to go to Centrelink and say we we don't have any assessable assets. So that's where you would be able to get the full the full seventeen thousand uh, dollar age pension for for him for that couple of years. Yes, so so that's exactly what we're doing. We're we're basically um, moving her superannuation uh, income stream, which would be assessed as an asset mm-hmm. uh, if she left it as it was. We're moving that back to superannuation accumulation phase. Uh, it's not a huge change from a paperwork aspect, no. but um, it makes a big difference to them. It's about $17,000 of yeah. age pension that he will receive. She will pay a little bit more tax. On the um, what, yeah. we're, what, we're, what we're doing is we're moving, we're moving something that's being taxed, her super fund, her super pension fund. So we took this uh, for long for people who have listened to more than one podcast, uh, you would know we, we refer to this as an account-based pension mm-hmm. or a superannuation income stream. It's basically getting to retirement yeah. and ticking that box to turn your superannuation fund, which is taxed at 15% on the earnings, ticking that box to, to, to have that taxed at only one, uh, 0%. Yep. Um, we're moving that from a 0% taxed fund back to a 15% yep. tax fund. Now, the difference that she will pay, um, we've worked out as a maximum inside of superannuation on the earnings tax, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a maximum of about $3,500 yeah. um, so, per so you year. So done that calculation and gone, by making this change, we'll pay $3,500, maximum 3500 more in, in tax on the earnings of that money. Yeah. However, we will get a guaranteed age pension income of $17,000. Of $17,000, yeah. So it's, it's, it's really a no-brainer from that point. Yeah. Like I said, uh, it's available for two years. So in two years' time, she will attain age pension age. Yep. We, we would... Let's back up a bit. What we're doing here is we're legally hiding money yeah. in a superannuation <laughs> fund. So that's so one of the... Yeah. Legally <laughs> hiding money. This is that's perfectly legal. Yes. Um, when she reaches age pension age, there is nowhere to legally hide money anymore. No, so, no, so, right. so you then um, get into other types of hiding money, which we're not <laughs> we're not talking about here. So, Centrelink will look through that, yeah, and they'll say she's in a superannuation accumulation fund. She's now age pension age. We're going to treat that as an asset. Yep. What they're doing now, what Centrelink is doing now, is they're saying 
despite the fact and ignoring that she was retired already and she'd voluntarily made the decision to retire, if she puts money back into a superannuation accumulation fund, she's within her rights yep, to can, continue accumulating for retirement yep. because she's not of age pension age yet. Yep. Um, and and, uh, and and therefore, and it's 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 correct. They won't treat that as an asset. Yeah, that, that, that's to they're, the, they're basically saying that's something that you are accumulating for your retirement. You are not drawing income from that yet. Yes. Yeah. And, and um, it's been a double-edged sword, I guess. The pushing, the gradual pushing back of the age pension age from sixty-five to sixty-seven, yeah. and it's on a sliding scale. Yeah. So so um, so right now. Uh, you need to be 66 to to yeah you know, right right now we're recording this in January 2020 so my client is turning 66 in January 2020 he qualifies 21. sorry 21 <laughs> yeah sorry for confusing everyone January 2021 we are yeah. uh, we we we're recording this so he turns 66 this yeah. January yeah. 2021 yeah. um he qualifies for age pension um he's uh, wife is is younger than yeah. that. She's not eligible. Uh, she's yeah. not eligible till sixty six and a half. So it's mm. on a sliding scale. So, yeah. but she won't be sixty six and a half for another two years. Yeah. So, so basically, at that point in time, Sandlink will look through their entire assets and say, yeah. these guys, as a member of a couple, yeah. are in excess of what they yeah. um, of the assets test. Yes, lower so limit. Yeah. They therefore don't qualify for any age pension at all. Yeah. Um, right now, though, like yeah. I said, we can legally hide money in yeah. her superannuation fund. Sandlink will not assess that as an asset. Mm. That qualifies him for seventeen thousand dollars of age pension for for two years. For two years. Yeah, um, thirty four thousand dollars of total benefit. Yeah, uh, we subtract out of that seven thousand dollars in extra tax he's going to pay by moving from a zero percent taxed super fund to a fifteen percent taxed super fund, which is which is which is required to yeah. achieve this benefit. Uh, three thousand five hundred per year times two seven thousand dollars. So thirty four thousand dollars total benefit. We yeah. subtract out seven thousand dollars. Yeah, um, she's at twenty seven thousand. There, there adds twenty seven thousand dollars net benefit. And that's, so that's another good example of one where that's just through, um, through some, through putting all that together, putting together the, um, yeah. We've already built up the money in your retirement savings. Just bolting it together. As I'm, you I'm, I'm, I've, I've got my hands coming together. You can't see that on, uh, when you're listening, just but I'm, we're bolting it all together. I'm, yeah. I'm just... yeah, so it, it is, and that's a part of what we... You have to... All these things have to tie in together. It's which one is best, because you know, uh, if, you, if you weren't aware of the effects of that Centrelink, you would say, well, I want all that money in the super income stream. I want a 0% earnings tax on that. That's that's the the best, but then you have to be able to do that trade off and go well. Mm. Bolting that together with what we know about the Centrelink rules, which one is actually better there? Um, the other point that I want to make before we move on from that one is, is because I've I've got a client who's going to be in a similar position, but they're actually two years out from that. So when we talk about um, yeah bolting it all together and and the different time frames here, this is all um, they all flow in together. So these these clients of mine that are two years out. We're already working. We're already working on getting as much money as possible into her superannuation account, so that we can take advantage of this in two years. You, what you don't want to do is get to that point and then go, okay, geez, it would have been good if we could get some Centrelink, but we can't because the balances don't line up and that sort of thing. 
you really want to be running a few years in advance and thinking of where are we trying to get to? Uh, is this something? That, is this a strategy that's available to us? If so, what do we need to do now to, to maximise your ability to, to take advantage of it? And so as we go through each of these timelines, it's really something that it's not, a, it's not, it's not as though we look at you know, the tax deduction side of it while you're working and then get to retirement and go, okay, now how do we maximise Centrelink? We're really going to look at it the whole way through while we are still working and thinking the next thing is going to be that, that retirement and potentially some age pension. How do we make sure that what we're doing now ties into that? Um, and then, as you say, the, the next part of that is flowing through throughout your your entire retirement. So that's your your next timeline of events. Yeah. So the 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 classic tax deduction whilst you are in retirement is to have your money in uh, that zero percent tax superannuation income stream yeah. uh, account based pension fund. Yeah. And, and what that is really is that just think of it as a tax free company. Yeah. So you've built up your money. It's built up in superannuation. It stays in superannuation. Mm-hmm. We like to refer to it as a tax-free company because it helps people conceptualise it yeah, a little bit it, better, I think. Yeah, it's just an so entity a, that you own those, those assets in. If you had a company that um, made you an income each year, let's, let's call that income $90,000 a year, um, if that was a tax-free company, you wouldn't pay any tax on, that, on, the, on what the company made you and you could take a tax-free income out of that for $90,000 a year. What that is is a superannuation income stream uh, of uh, or account-based pension in retirement. So you have to be age 60 at least and retired to um, to, to be able to achieve that. Um, that. The example that I would use here is if you build up enough money in your superannuation fund and then you switch into superannuation income stream, uh, 0% taxed environment a la that tax-free company in retirement, if you're able to draw $90,000 a year out as an after-tax income and you don't pay any tax on that income, which I just mentioned, and you were able to do that for 30 years, um, which is the standard retirement lifetime for a member of a couple, uh, what it would do is it would save you in the vicinity of about $900,000 in tax. Now, where I came up with that figure, Dallas, is that while I'm working, if I'm on a $120,000 salary, I actually lose $30,000 in tax, in income tax, yeah. to leave me with only $90,000. So yeah. people always say I'm on $120,000. What they're really on is $90,000 yeah. um, because that's what they take home. When you're in retirement, if, you can, if your money can make enough money that you can, to pay you a $90,000 income from your superannuation income stream, what, you, what you're really doing is saving $30,000 in tax per year comparatively uh, com- compared to if you were earning going to work a wage and, income and, and earning $120,000, you'd be paying $30,000 in tax. Yep. You're paying $0 in tax. You're saving $30,000 in tax um, times 30 years. That's a saving of $900,000. Now, um, in order to draw $90,000 a year from your superannuation account uh, income stream, yeah. uh, what you actually need is you need to get enough money in there yeah. to be able <laughs> to, to support that. It has to be invested in the right environment yeah. to, to generate enough rate of return. I'm not going to say your money gets stressed and goes to work for you, Dallas. <laughs> Listeners you know, love it, you know, but you hate it. You know, uh, every, every time you say, I'm not going to say the thing that you say every time. <laughs> um, so, so I mean, that, that's where bolting it all together comes comes think, uh, comes into play as well. A point to elaborate on there, 
uh, Michael, as you were just saying about if you, you if you if you went to work and earned that 120, even as a comparison of if you were in retirement and you didn't have that money in an in a super income stream or, or in an account based pension, um, if you just had your your retirement savings uh, invested in your in your own name in one person's name, it's the same comparison where if 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 a person who had you would have to own enough assets to have $120,000 of taxable income flow through to you from your investments mm. as, as just that investment return, you would still pay the $30,000 tax on that because that would be income to you personally. So yep. the, the comparison you've used there is if you're going to work because that's sort of what's easy for people to conceptualize at the moment is they go to work, they earn one hundred twenty, they pay $30,000 in tax. Now, if you're retired and you have all your assets owned just in your own name, your money gets dressed and goes to work for you, as you say. That money earns one hundred and twenty thousand. You still have to pay thirty thousand dollars in tax. Now, mm. if you if you've got that money in in a super income stream in that tax free company, you only need enough money to pay you the ninety thousand dollars in income because you don't pay any tax. So, so the comparison is that you basically, you, you know, you need three quarters of the, the same amount of money because you just don't have that tax bill every year. Yeah, really good point to make there, absolutely. So, And you can think of that in a number of different terms. You could think, okay, if, I, if I've if i got enough to earn me, to make me $120,000, yeah. um, if I own it in the right structure, I pay $0 in tax. If I own it in the wrong structure, I pay $30,000 in tax. Yeah. Um, if I own it in the right structure, yeah. um, I can take $90,000 from $120,000. I'm reinvesting $30,000 yeah. back into my fund yeah. versus that money going... Getting kicked out to our friends at the ATO. Yep, um, that that puts me in a great position to do that into perpetuity. Yeah, I mean, I can continue to draw that ninety thousand dollars. I can even index that up, of course. Yes, because I don't have thirty thousand dollars yeah. getting or, wasted. Or more exciting, what you can do is take the thirty thousand dollars every year and spend it on a on a on an awesome overseas holiday. <laughs> which most of, most people who listen to this probably go, oh, that's. That's pretty cool too. Yeah, look, there's so many different things you can do, yeah. and it's and it's all about bolting it all together yeah. so that you don't volunteer that tax. Yeah, and 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 you mentioned before, Dallas, that starts with planning yeah. way out. Yeah, um, most commonly, most commonly, we see the problem where people are building up money in their in their own names, yeah. and, and therefore are susceptible to paying that extra tax is through uh, is through rental properties yeah. because traditionally, yeah, they they they're, they're bought probably for the wrong reasons uh, at the start a lot of the times, which is to claim a personal tax deduction yeah. and um, to, to to make money out of them. What tends to happen is that people uh, get a lot of them, so they end up with, yeah. with three or four or five yeah. and then they get to retirement yeah. and, and, even- and they end up with four or five rental properties in one person's name, yes. usually the highest income earner. Yeah. Um, you know, all of a sudden that person wants to retire and then it's a problem to actually get them out of that person's name and get them into superannuation. That's exactly right. And that's sort of what, we, what we're talking about there is that you've got to be planning for that in advance. Is, is that strategy of building up assets in your own name is, you know, you, even if it goes right, even if everything goes right there and you end up with all these assets in your own name, you need, you need another, you know, you basically need four four lots instead of three lots to give you the same income because you just don't have it in that same tax-effective environment. So mm. um, anyone who's listened to this podcast for any length of time has probably heard us 
bang on about the super income stream environment or, or an account-based pension. So if you go back to episode, if you haven't heard us bang on about it before, we would be surprised because we love it. We think it's the, it is the holy grail of where you want to end up with your retirement savings. It's, it's just a, a fantastic ownership structure. If you haven't heard us explaining that in great detail, go back to episode 57, uh, what is an account-based pension, where we go through all that in a, in a bit more detail. But suffice it to say that, as you can see there in that example of it's it's such a huge uh, advantage having having that having that money in that right ownership structure in in retirement in that tax free company, the return that you get is is uh, the after tax return you get is just so much greater. And at the end, at the end, I was going to say finally at the end. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's even more morbid. But, yeah. um, so at the end, yeah. So we're talking about here when you when you pass away. So yeah. So we've we've spoken about at retirement at yeah. that snapshot point in retirement. Just a quick recap. Yeah. So, so uh, most just, commonly, just, someone can can take advantage of. Uh, in my example, yeah. uh, clients with with. Um, one member of the couple qualifying for age pension now, the other one not qualifying for another two years by age. Yeah. $34,000 of, of, yep. of, of benefit yep. during retirement, during that 30 years of retirement. Yeah. Um, if you can draw $90,000 a year from your superannuation income stream and you're paying 0% tax on that, $30,000 of tax saving compared to earning that um, in one person's name, $120,000 and paying $30,000 in tax, $900,000 different. At the end now, we're talking about right at the end of someone's life yep. in this situation. So, yep. And we're talking about, I guess, estate taxes. Yeah. You know, we're we're, we're um, all about having, of course, the least amount possible go through yep. to, the, to the ATO. Well, I think that's a good point because if you talk to people about what do they want when they pass away, some people, some people like my parents, would say they want to spend every single dollar they've got on the day they uh, spend their last dollar on the day they die, which is fantastic. You have other people who want uh, to leave money to their kids, which is also great. No one ever says, when I die, I really just want a big big whack of my money to go to the ATO. Yeah. There's no one who says that. It's no. either You either want that money to be available for you to be spent or, in most cases, if, if you can't spend it, you want it to go to your kids. Mm. No one wants it to go to the ATO. No. Um, tell us what you know. Well, I, I could tell you what I know or I could just <laughs> refer you to a podcast that I previously did all the... That was, and I actually remember this because I um, uh, did a fair few. We did some calculations, some workings, and some examples there of when you pass away, your money that's in superannuation or in a super income stream in that environment. If there's, uh, if your spouse, if it goes to what they call a tax dependent, so your spouse generally in this case, hasn't passed away. If his wife is still available, she gets that money tax free. Mm-hmm. Now, I won't even go into the detail of what happens when. If she has too much money in an income stream, she can't necessarily keep all of his money in the income stream and vice versa and all that kind of thing. But what we're really talking about here, there's a whole different strategy there about how to keep as much as possible in those tax advantage environments. What we're talking about here is when the surviving spouse passes away. So if there's a husband and wife, on average, unfortunately for, for us for us blokes, Michael, the, the husband will pass away first. Your wife will be left with with the the money in the in the super income stream, hopefully. When she passes away, if that money goes to to their adult children, um, what happens is those kids are, are deemed to be what they call a, a non dependent for tax purposes. 
the money that's in their super income stream that has been that has been built up from before tax contributions has an extra lot of tax to pay on it. So, and it works out to be about seventeen percent on that that portion of it. So, what we're talking about here are there are, there are a few different strategies, but what we're trying to minimise is that that 17% inheritance tax on that money going to your adult children. Yeah, so so basically what you're referring to there, Dallas, and not many people know this because it's not reported on your it's not reported on your statements. No. There's a tax-free component yep. of someone's superannuation balance yep. or super income stream balance. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a and there's a taxable tax <laughs> component. <laughs> I was about to say. Um, yeah. Real, real quick example here. Yeah. Uh, and those those sub balances could be zero, or they could be yep. they could be anywhere from zero to a hundred percent of your yep. account balance. So, so, so I mean, if you had a one million dollar fund, yeah, um, and five hundred thousand dollars of that was in the tax free sub balance, yeah, and five hundred thousand dollars of that was in the taxable tax sub balance, yeah, on the death of the surviving um, the surviving spouse yep. um let's call her mrs smith here yeah she's paying that money to her adult children who are probably 60 by that stage <laughs> yes you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. like, like yep. with longevity and things yes. like that that's yep. that'll be the average age so they're yep. not kids yeah um and therefore they're not tax dependent beneficiaries yeah what would happen so she get the, the kids would get the five hundred thousand dollar tax-free portion Yep, they get that tax free. Completely tax free. The taxable tax portion, the other five hundred thousand, they pay seventeen percent tax on that. So they yep. pay eighty five thousand dollars in in tax on yep. that. So, of the million dollar balance, Mrs. Smith only really gets nine hundred and fifteen thousand dollars that goes yep. through to her kids. Yep. Now, and and we won't go into the detail of how to do this, but if she was able to throughout her retirement, or in the early years of retirement, or potentially even leading up to retirement, if she had the number one financial planner in Australia, aka Dallas Davison, uh, on the job, we would have been looking at that already and going, how do we? How do we? We know that you know, in in a perfect world, she's going to die peacefully in her sleep at ninety years of age, and and this money is going to be money left over to go to her adult kids. What we really want to do is we want to minimise the taxable taxed component of that of that super and of that super income stream, and we need to do that very early on in the piece. So there are different strategies um, that that. And, we, and I went through these in a fair detail in that, that previous podcast, which was episode 39. So if you want more detail about some of the different ways that you can do this, go back and listen to, to that's episode 39, how to minimise your 17% inheritance tax. But basically, yeah, you, you really need to be doing that um, up to retirement and in the early years of retirement. What you're trying to do is uh, get as much as possible into the tax-free portion of, mm. your, of your retirement savings and then throughout your retirement, the next part of that is that you really want to spend the taxable portion first. Because as we just touched on, if you're in a super income stream, any income that you pull out of that, it doesn't matter where it comes out of, it's going to be tax-free to, to you as, a, mm-hmm. as an income that you pull out of there. So again, in Mrs. Smith's case, if she had $500,000 in the taxable portion and five hundred in the in the tax-free portion, what we'd actually be saying is you, you have to take your minimum payments out of both of those but any extra amounts you want to take out of the taxable portion first so uh, as i say if she was if her attitude was i want to blow it all as much as possible before my before my kids get their hands on it what i'd be suggesting is blow the five hundred thousand of taxable money first so that whatever's left over is 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 to go tax-free to those kids just pause pause
So just to clarify with that, um, you can't you can't choose if you've only got one account. You can't choose which which portion you take out of there. What you'd actually have to do is have two separate superannuation or two separate super income stream accounts, and that's sort of what I was touching on before. Is that you need to be preparing for that. 30 years ago. And so I've, I've got clients now who are still accumulating money, still leading up to retirement, and they've actually got two separate super accounts, one which is tax-free and one which is taxable, so that we can then, throughout their retirement, as we're building up that money, we can build it up in the, in the right account, uh, and then throughout retirement, we can just draw from one of those instead of the other. And just to give a quick example of how you, you, you might build up, because people, I think, listing might think, Gee, if I, if if I've got the choice to make um, money go in tax free or tax or, <laughs> yes. or, or into the taxable taxed yep. proportion, uh, I'll be choosing tax free. So w- what it is is in what you're referring to there, Dallas. Any money that your employer puts in yep. for you, or any money that you put in and claim as a tax deduction, yep. goes into the taxable taxed yes. proportion. Yep. Now you're better off doing that. Yes, still up to the limits that you're able to claim that as a tax deduction. Yep. Um, with any money that you have that goes in, and this goes in standard, uh, most commonly as lump sums from the mm-hmm. sale of other assets, yeah. uh, such as you sold a house and you want to put $300,000 by bringing, you're allowed to put $100,000 in to yeah. the tax-free proportion yep. effectively per year if you're not claiming a tax deduction on that. Yep. You can bring forward three years yep. uh, of that. So, yeah, in, in, in a... In a um, a simple example, I guess, if a husband and wife sold a six hundred thousand dollar rental property, yep. um, and uh, they could effectively put in three hundred thousand dollars uh, as a tax free amount yep. after tax amount uh, into each of their funds in one particular year by bringing two years forward. Mm-hmm. I'm digressing a lot here, but yeah. <laughs> um, and what you're saying there is that if you separate that out into a separate fund yep um to have that money nice and clean all in the tax-free proportion yeah way down the track when you when they're in retirement Mm -hmm. or just down the track when they're in retirement any additional money that they need to take out as income they're taking from the that's exactly from the taxable tax proportion which is confusing because it's (laughs) tax-free when you're still alive so that's that's why Uh, again like without getting this is so complicated yeah and this is the topic of this podcast is bolting it all together. <laughs> um, you and I yep. are specialists in bolting all this together so that people yeah. don't have to sift through all the um, yeah. legislation, all the trade-offs, do the comparisons on- of you know which which road should I go down? Am I better off saving tax now or in mm. ten years' time? And what's the difference there? Like you say, that that's our job, and that's mm. um, yeah. I think, and I think that's the like I said, this is there's probably another five or six podcasts that I'd like to do about this. Uh, estate planning and, and that tax planning for mm. you, for your estate because it's there's there is a lot to it um, but it is it, it's one of those things like I say where it, it sort of ties in neatly that you go for most people when they come in to see us at fifty five what you really yeah you know, people want to save tax in that year and that's obviously you know they they're earning good money they want to pay as little tax as possible so they can save as much as possible for retirement or, or spend it as the case may be. But you really got to look at it as, okay, I don't just want to save tax in this year. I don't just want to take advantage of what I can in this year. I need to be taking advantage of what I can in this year and having that flow through to put me in the best position at retirement. So 
yeah, in, in that example, how do I maximize Centrelink at retirement? There, there are a couple of different things that you can do at that point of retirement. How do I minimize the tax that I pay the whole way throughout my retirement on the earnings on my retirement savings and on the income that I draw out? And then also, how do I minimize the tax that I'm paying when I pass away and, and that money goes to my kids? Yeah. Probably a great place to wrap up. It's been very involved, it part two. Yeah. Um, so thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.